Welcome to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, certified religious transition and trauma recovery coach, Terry Hales. I help people step out of the shadows of religious fear and shame and embrace their authentic selves with love and empathy. If you're ready to throw off the shackles of learned binary thinking and explore a more nuanced approach to life, this is your playground. Hello and welcome back to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I'm really excited that you're here today because what we're talking about is something that comes up all of the time in my work with my clients. In fact, I don't think I have a client where we haven't had to work on this topic. It's definitely something I've had to work on. And I hear this in social media spaces talking about religious deconstruction and about faith transitions all the time. So it's a much needed topic. Today, we are talking about boundaries. And this gets a little difficult because often in high demand religion, we are conditioned to be a part of codependent relationships. Codependent relationships are basically where we subvert parts of ourselves in order to make other people feel more comfortable or in order to caretake other people or in order to fit in the group. So we talked about people pleasing a lot a couple of weeks ago, and I had so many people say this really resonated. I needed this podcast. And honestly, if people pleasing really resonated with you, the chances are there is maybe a little codependency in your life. And boundaries, whether you're just a people pleaser or you're codependent, are going to help so much with you being able to take care of your needs and make sure that you're able to live a life that brings you joy and that you're not just tossed back and forth according to the whims and the desires of other people. So let's dig into this. First of all, what are boundaries? Boundaries are, in the simplest terms I can come up with, what is and is not okay with you. It's being able to know and communicate what you like and dislike, what you're comfortable and uncomfortable with, and how you want to be treated. Boundaries are a part of all healthy relationships. Now, a good clue that you have grown up with codependency is if you believe or you have a family pattern that having boundaries is an indication that you don't love someone. Often in codependent relationships, there's this understanding or this idea that if you loved me, I would have complete and total access to you. Boundaries feel foreign in these relationships and almost aggressive. You might hear in codependent relationships when you're trying to set boundaries, you're being mean, why don't you love me, those kind of things. So boundaries are a part of healthy relationships where both parties are able to express what is and is not okay with them and their boundaries are respected after they are clearly communicated. So not only is it safe to express your boundaries, you also can reasonably expect that people will listen to your boundaries and respect them. Boundaries are super important for trust. 
if you are going to have a safe and trusting relationship, you need to know not only that you can communicate what is and is not okay with you, but also that the other person will communicate what is and is not okay with them. So imagine you're having a conversation with a person that has boundaries you get to show up as the complete, authentic version of yourself. There's no fear. You're not walking on eggshells because you know if you accidentally cross the line, they're going to tell you, hey, this is a boundary for me. This felt uncomfortable for me. This is what I would like instead. You don't have to try to read between the lines. You don't have to try to intuit what they want. You can trust that they're going to tell you. And it frees you up to be more authentic in the relationship. Vice versa, when somebody crosses your boundaries, you feel safe enough to say, hey, that didn't feel great for me. And this is why. Being able to not only speak what your needs are, what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel comfortable, that builds trust. But also knowing the other person will do it builds trust. And love, that deep soul love, grows in a trusting environment. When we don't have the trusting environment, we can't get to those deeper layers of intimacy and connection because it's simply not safe to do so. So if you're wanting this deep soulful connection with your loved one or with a friend or with your partner, boundaries are imperative. You cannot have a healthy intimate, safe relationship without boundaries. Before we get into what boundaries are and aren't and how to set all these healthy boundaries, I really want to talk about different boundary violations because honestly, I grew up in a codependent family. There were a lot of codependent patterns that we honestly inherited from generations past. And it was just the way the family functioned. It was passed down to me. And it really wasn't until I started going to therapy that I realized this wasn't healthy. And so I really want to talk about some of this with you all because I had a lot of eye-opening moments while I was doing the research for this. How do you know your boundaries have been crossed? So first of all, verbal violations. If you're not allowed to speak or be heard, that's a violation of boundaries. If people scream at you regularly... If people cuss at you regularly, if they gossip about you, or if they're saying derogatory things about you, whether it's to your face or while you're around or whether you're not there, those are all verbal violations of boundaries. Psychological and emotional violations, so preying upon your sense of self or using what you told them in confidence against you. Criticizing, demeaning, judging, or manipulating you. These are all psychological or emotional violations. And there's a few more that I'm going to read because seriously, I'm still learning about this and it was blowing my mind. Making fun of you, your thoughts, your feelings, or your beliefs. Trying to make you feel guilty or responsible for them or the situation. Making demands of your time and or your energy that you're not willing to cooperate with. Shaming or embarrassing you, bullying you, or assuming 
that their thoughts and beliefs are superior to and more important than yours. Those are all psychological and emotional violations of your boundaries. Physical violations, moving into your personal space without your permission or consent, touching you without permission, being inappropriate or too familiar, especially sexually, touching or handling things that belong to you. So coming in and rifling through your things, going through your purse, violating your privacy, like going through your cell phone or your computer or your social media account or your personal resources, whatever those are, without your consent, damaging or destroying your personal property or threatening to do you physical harm. These are all physical violations. And there's also spiritual violations of boundaries and mental violations of boundaries. There's so many different violations. How can you tell if someone has violated your boundaries? This is an important question. Again, we go back to using our emotions. So you can figure out what your boundaries are by listening to your anger, your frustration, your resentment, your exhaustion, or your overwhelm. These feelings that things are not okay are a great chance to get curious about what is not okay. Really tapping into what has gone wrong here. If you are overwhelmed, it means you have too much on your plate. There's too much going on at once. Perhaps you might, as you get curious, realize I'm saying yes to things or I feel like things are being put on me that I don't want to take on. When you listen to your resentment, you may hear things in your head like, I feel like I always have to do this and people don't return the favor. It's a chance to look at your boundaries, both with yourself and with others. Or anger. When someone does something that embarrasses or humiliates you or gets in your personal space or it doesn't feel just or it doesn't feel like it respects you, you're going to feel angry. These emotions serve a purpose. They are not bad things. They serve a purpose and they tell you where your boundaries are being breached and how you can protect yourself so that you can feel safer in your own body, safer in your environment, safer in your relationships. Now, a lot of times what will happen is our boundaries will be breached and we automatically assume the worst in other people. We assume that they're bad or evil people and that they're trying to be awful, that they're trying to make us feel horrible. But often our boundaries are crossed because we haven't communicated them clearly. And it often comes down to we don't know how to hear ourselves and we don't then know how to clearly communicate because many of us have been taught that setting boundaries is mean. And we're worried that if we set boundaries that we're going to lose relationships or that we're going to make people angry. Now, The cold hard truth is when you set boundaries for the first time with someone who's used to you not having boundaries, they might get angry. But in the long run, you can have a deeper, more trusting, more loving, more safe relationship with this person. But anytime you shake things up, anytime you do something different, people may get angry because it's the unknown and they're afraid. 
When you shake things up in a relationship, we like our comfort zones. Even if those comfort zones are unhealthy, we like our comfort zones and we want people to keep playing by the rules. Even if the rules are somebody is abusive and everybody else tiptoes around that person because that's what's comfortable and it makes us not have to look deeply at the problem. So yeah, when you talk about boundaries, it will be uncomfortable sometimes, especially the first few times that you're setting boundaries with someone you've never had boundaries with before. Yes, of course, it might make someone angry, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a healthy step in the right direction. And if you lose a relationship because you set boundaries, the heart-wrenching truth is that person isn't ready for a healthy relationship with you. They liked the old dynamic. They liked having access to you without that boundary. And they may not respect you. And I think if you look really closely at those relationships where they don't allow boundaries or they threaten to leave you, if you set the boundary, if you are honest with yourself, you'll find that that relationship really hasn't been a source of joy, a source of intimacy, a source of connection. It's been something that you've been doing out of obligation. It's been a relationship that you've been hanging on to because you feel like you should, either because of blood or because of length of the relationship. And it hasn't been serving you and it hasn't been bringing you joy because healthy people both have boundaries and can accept other people's boundaries. Okay, so how do we set boundaries with people in the most clear and kind way? The first thing I really want to talk about is the mistakes we often make. And I have made probably every single mistake on this paper. Like, I have bullet points here, and I have made all of these mistakes, so I want you to know if you hear this and you get that little, ugh, I did that, that little, like, knife to the gut, right, of, ugh, I did this, you are not a bad person, you have simply not been taught how to set boundaries, and chances are you've picked up these patterns from your parents and other adults in your life, and now we're learning something better, and we get to practice, right? So you're not alone if you're listening to this and you're like, I have done all of these things. I have done all of these things too. So let's dig in this together. Let's hold hands. We can deal with the hard truths so that we can start to correct things and get healthier, more functional, more joyful relationships. Are you ready? Like Deep breath. Okay. The first one is we deal in absolutes. Okay, we say you must always or you can never and we don't allow for human error. We're basically asking the other person to be perfect. We are not allowing for the fact that they will make mistakes. And we're kind of drawing a line in the sand of you must be this person or you can't be in my life. You must always do this or I don't feel safe. You must never do this or I won't feel safe. We're human beings and sometimes we make mistakes. Using language more like I feel comfortable when or I would appreciate if is going to be a lot more helpful. 
being able to talk about what you would desire, what would feel best for you, what would make you feel safe, and then allowing people to practice and get better. Because here is the fact. Once you communicate a boundary, especially if you have not had a boundary there for years or your whole life or whatever, if you finally come to someone and say, look, I feel unsafe when XYZ happens and I would really like it if you would do this. If you tell them you can never do this again or I don't feel safe and I'll know you don't respect me, what is the likelihood someone is going to change a lifelong pattern in the blink of an eye just like that simply because you said, I'm not okay with this? Chances are they're not going to change immediately. They're probably going to mess up and resort to old patterns again, just like you and I do. So dealing in absolutes just sets you up for failure because people are human and we have to practice in order to get better. Dealing in absolutes is just going to make it really difficult for you to connect because it's setting you up for feeling like people don't care about your boundaries. They don't care what you have to say. They are, you know, evil and mean or whatever else we tell ourselves. So let them know what your boundaries are. But understand that they are probably going to push them or they may fall into old patterns. And we're going to talk about how to deal with that in just a minute. Second, manipulation. How many of us, and you guys, this one is making my cheeks red even right now. Like, oh, I've done this before. How many of us have tried to use our boundaries as ways to manipulate or control other people? Things like, if you aren't home by 7 p.m. every night, I won't have sex with you. Like ultimatums, you must do this if you want this. Like this transactional carrot that we dangle in front of people. Like if you want this thing that you love from me, then you have to do this. And it's a way to control behavior and to manipulate people. Or if you don't do X, Y, Z, I will hurt myself. Like there's going to be dire punishments. I will drain the bank account. I will run away to Hawaii. I will... Take the kids away from you. I will never come home again. Things like that. If you don't do this, I'm never going to do this or I'm going to do this thing that would really hurt you. Also, a manipulation and a control tactic. Or, and this one was especially painful to admit, I can do this, but you can't. When I think back when I very first left the church, there were times I felt like it was okay for me to get angry and to be upset about my leaving the church, but it was not okay for my mom to feel anger or my siblings to feel anger because after all, I was the one going through trauma. They were not. And actually, we're all going through trauma, right? Different kinds of trauma. We're all grieving. We're all going to have feelings about it. But... I tried to manipulate, like, if you want me to stay in this family, I get to feel whatever I feel because I'm grieving, but you don't. You have to take care of me. That's also manipulation and control, and it's not setting healthy boundaries. Okay, you guys ready for number three? Sometimes we try to set boundaries, but we try to be the nice guy while we're doing it, and we stay really vague. 
So we don't get really specific about what, when, where, and why, partly because we're trying to save other people's feelings, and sometimes I feel like we don't get really clear because we don't know ourselves. We're not exactly sure where the boundary is either, so we keep it really vague. But if things are really vague, then they're also really easy to violate. So we have to tell people as clearly as we can what is okay and what is not okay with us. So for instance, let's just say what's coming to mind right now is cheating. So let's say you have a boundary in your relationship, which many of us do, that cheating is not okay. Well, what is cheating? Is cheating talking to an ex-girlfriend you run into on the sidewalk? Is it going to lunch with someone? Is it physical touch? Is it sharing secrets? Is it watching porn? What is cheating to you? You have to be able to clearly communicate what cheating is because otherwise cheating is a very subjective idea. It could be interpreted differently by different people. So that's what we're trying to avoid. We want to make sure we're on the exact same page. And this is where you can communicate and then check back in. See if the other person heard and understood exactly what you're saying. But first, you have to understand you, right? You have to be very clear with yourself what is okay and what is not okay and under what circumstances and when. And then you have to be able to communicate that and then check in with the person to see if they understood. And you get to ask curiosity questions and really, really make sure that you're both on the same page. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for failure. And the last one makes me chuckle. A lot of times our boundaries fail because they're uncommunicated. We, and I'm including myself in this whole group of people. We almost treat our loved ones as if they have a crystal ball that if they loved us, that they would automatically know what is okay and not okay with us. And we look at their not knowing as evidence that they don't love us. And that is so crazy because no matter how much someone loves you, they will never be a mind reader. So (laughs) In order for someone to keep a boundary, they need to know a boundary is there. They need to know that this is okay or this is not okay with with you. They need to know where that line is. Or guess what? They're going to cross it. And if you're holding them to some impossible standard that they should just know because they love you, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment and for unnecessary conflict in your relationships. Another thing we sometimes do with this like communication is sometimes we passively aggressively communicate. So we hint at things or we kind of beat around the bush or we like throw out little clues. And when our loved ones don't pick up on it, we lose our ever loving minds. What's coming to mind with me here is once we started having kids, my poor husband, you guys are going to be like, you're going to be sending him condolence cards at some point. So earlier in our marriage, when we had kids, Kevin would go to work and then he would come home and in his head, work was done. 
He did his chores, the ones that, you know, he does the dishes and he cleans bathrooms. But if those things were all done, he was ready to relax. And I'm juggling toddlers. And as I'm making dinner and the toddlers are asking things from me, I'm like giving him meaningful looks. I'm like saying things under my breath. But he's not picking up on it because I'm not being clear. It was only when I finally came to him and said, hey, when I'm cooking dinner, it's really hard to take care of the kids' needs. Would you mind taking care of the kids while I make dinner? I don't mind cooking, but I can't cook with two kids on each hip. And he was more than happy to comply. We will get into female mental loads at some point because that was also a conversation we had to have. But communicating what I needed, what was okay with me, what wasn't okay with me was a great first step because he couldn't read my mind. In his head, I was making dinner and I was fine because I wasn't being clear about what was going on. All right, so we've talked about everything that does not work. Let's talk about how to actually set healthy boundaries. Like I've said a couple of times already in this podcast, the very first step is going to be self-awareness. If you don't know yourself, how can anyone else know? You need to clearly know what you like and what you dislike, what you're comfortable with and what you're uncomfortable with, and how you want to be treated so you can communicate it to others. And this comes from listening to your inner knowing. This comes from listening and observing and being mindful of your emotions. This comes from being willing to get into your body. This comes from being connected to yourself. I have lots of earlier podcasts all about this topic. Recovering your identity is one. Listening to your feelings is one. I think we talk about some of these things in perfectionism and people-pleasing, getting in touch with yourself. Self-compassion, self-trust, self-worth, Those things all are so important in order to be able to communicate your boundaries. You are the only person who knows or who can know what is okay with you and what is not okay with you. So you have to be able to know that first in order to be able to communicate it to someone else. The second part is being clear about your needs. Brene Brown has a saying from her book, dare to lead that says clear is kind. And so often we try to be nice by being vague. We want to set boundaries, but we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. The clearer you can be, the more you're going to get the results you want. And I think we all think that when we're not setting boundaries, that somehow we're not having conflict. But I want you to really think about a person you're not setting good boundaries with. Do you have good feelings about that person? Or do they have a tendency to walk all over you? Do they have a tendency to get into your stuff and make you feel unsafe? Do they have a tendency to cross boundaries and leave you feeling resentful or angry? And are you having to stuff those emotions? Is that helping your relationship at all? What I'm suggesting here is when we can clearly communicate our boundaries, it's like ripping a Band-Aid off instead of just living with the pain of a festering wound for months or years or lifetimes. 
I'm asking you to rip the band-aid off and clean out the wound. Is it going to hurt? Probably a little bit. Yep. But that pain is short versus the pain of stuffing because we're trying to be nice. We either set boundaries and we get healthier or we don't set boundaries and we fester. So often we try to avoid those boundaries because we're afraid of making people unhappy or angry with us or losing relationships when the reality is we're already unhappy with and angry at each other. We're already not okay because the boundaries are not in place. We already feel unsafe with each other. We're already distant. And for those who can't accept our boundaries, for those of us who would walk away when we set boundaries, we don't have a relationship anyway. Or whatever relationship we have is manipulative and abusive. That's a really hard truth to accept. But when we can set boundaries, the relationships we keep are healthier, safer, more joyful. We actually feel belonging instead of this weird fitting in where we have to suppress parts of ourselves in order to maintain relationships. It is so much more free to have authentic relationships and authentic relationships always have boundaries. Healthy relationships always have boundaries. There is no way to have a healthy relationship without having boundaries. If you're worried about the conflict part, please go back to the earlier podcast with Kevin Hales, where we talk about managing conflict. It will help so much in setting boundaries and being able to communicate what you need to communicate. So, so many boundary violations stem from simply misunderstanding. Most of the people in your life want to respect your boundaries but they either don't know they're there or they're so vague they don't really know where they have crossed the line. They don't know where it is. When you can communicate clearly, you actually can clear up a lot of the boundary breaches that are happening in your life. When you can even own it this way, this is something that I did. I went to one of the people in my life and I said, hey, I think I haven't been communicating very clearly in the past about a boundary And I'd like to discuss that with you. Is that something you're open to discussing? Again, asking for consent to see if they're in a place where they can hear the conversation. The person said yes. And I said, okay, here's what's going on. And here's how I'm feeling. But my guess is you just don't know that this hurts me. So let me tell you exactly what it is about this that hurts me and what I would like to see happen instead. Before I even got into that too, I told them how much I loved them and how much I cared about them and that it was because I love and care about them so much that I was even having this conversation. They're so important to me. I'm willing to get uncomfortable to have this conversation so that we can get closer. And then I explained, this is likely something I just haven't communicated very well. This is my boundary, and I communicated it as clearly as I could. And then I asked, how does that feel for you? And we were able to have a great discussion. A lot of times when my boundaries are crossed, I first assume it's because I haven't communicated clearly. If I then go communicate clearly and they cross the boundary the second time, 
that's when I put my plan in place to keep myself safe. And we will talk about that in just a moment. All right, the third thing is be specific and direct. Again, clear is kind. We're trying to give people the best chance of honoring our boundaries. We're trying to give people that head start, that leg up to have trusting, healthy relationships with us. So here are some examples about being specific and direct. And none of these are religious simply because, I don't know, I wanted to choose different different examples. So for instance, this is one that happened with my son. I want to hear about your day. I'll be available to give you my full attention in 10 minutes. So my son came in. He was excited. He had lots of things going on. I was finishing up a phone call with a client and I was able to say, can you hold for just a minute? And I put my client on mute. I turned to my son and I said, I want to hear all about your day. My call went a little bit late. I'll be done in 10 minutes and I can give you my full attention. And he said, okay, because he knew I would keep my side of the bargain. He knew that I would show up the way I said I would. And he went to go get a snack while I finished my call with my client. And in 10 minutes time, I came down to him and I gave him my full attention to listen about his day. That is setting a clear boundary with a child. But you can do this with adults as well. Here's one that happened with another one of my sons. If you put your dirty clothes in the hamper by 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, I am more than happy to wash your clothes. I don't mind doing the laundry. I actually enjoy it. I just don't like hunting down the clothing. That feels unnecessary to me, and it feels like a waste of my time. So sitting down with my son and saying, hey, it's your job to get the laundry in the hamper by 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. If it's there, I'm happy to wash it. If it's not there, it won't get washed. Very, very clear boundaries that allow him to know exactly what he needs to do in order to get his laundry washed in a way that feels good for me too. Here's one that I was reading about and I love this. I love you and I'm not willing to call in sick for you when you've been drinking. Just clear, no judgment. I love you and I'm not willing to call in sick when you've been drinking. All right, we kind of touched on this one a little bit earlier, but number four is be clear about your love while being clear about your boundaries. We want to express that we are setting boundaries not as a way to be mean, but because we love these people dearly. If we didn't care about these people, we would cut ties and walk away. The reason we're setting boundaries is because they're important to us. We don't just get uncomfortable for anyone, right? We only get uncomfortable for the people that matter the most to us. These people matter so much to us, and that's the reason we're setting boundaries so that we can have healthy, trusting, safe relationships. So remember to communicate how much you care and why the boundary is important for the relationship. This was a great example that I read last night, and I put it here word for word because it really struck a chord with me. I love you and I'm committed to working through whatever issues come up, but I'm not okay with you being verbally abusive when you get angry. Really being able to set that boundary of, I'm here and I'm willing to work through conflict, but I'm not okay with you being verbally abusive. We can't work through this if you're going to attack me. And then be open. 
to how this boundary is affecting your loved one. How do they feel about it? What feelings are coming up for them? Active listen. Listen to their side of things. You may learn something about their boundaries as well. The goal here is for both of you to feel respected, heard, and cared about. When it's all said and done, you want this conversation to produce not only a greater understanding of what is and is not okay with you, but also what is and is not okay with them. And to be able to have both of you feel respected, heard, and cared about. Okay, number five, I almost didn't put this one down, but I think that this is something that has just been part of my vocabulary for the past 20 years because of my degree in marriage, family, and human development. This is something I've known for so long that it just is part of my daily life, but I don't think it's part of daily life for everyone. So using I statements. What I mean about that is owning your own feelings instead of going on the defensive and making the problem all your partner's fault. So some instances of this language would be like, you should, or you need to, or you always. When we're saying you, we're putting the problem on the other person. When we say, I feel when this happens, I would like, I would appreciate I feel safe when, those kind of things. Those are I statements. What it does is it helps your partner feel less defensive because it doesn't feel like an attack. It feels a lot more like you just describing your experience and what it's like to be you and what you would like to see change so that you can feel safer. The sixth thing is the sandwich approach. And this is something I love to use. I used it in business for forever. I use it with my kids and it works really great while setting boundaries as well. The sandwich approach is a compliment, constructive feedback, compliment. So tell people what they're doing well, what you like about them. Then tell them what needs to change. Then compliment them again. It's so much easier to hear constructive feedback when we're neutralizing the shame at the very beginning because a lot of times people can't hear boundaries, they can't hear about hurt because it flares up their own shame. So what we're doing is we're adding a little bit of lubrication, if you will. We are kind of prepping it by helping them know that we see them as a good person. It's basically, you are a good person. This behavior you're doing is hurting me. This is how I'd like to see it change. And I'm really looking forward to all of the good memories we're going to create after this. I appreciate you listening to me. We're neutralizing the shame so that people can hear the constructive feedback we have in order to create different patterns so that we feel safer and better able to connect. All right, very last. We're wrapping this up. Very last. What do you do? If people cross your boundaries, after you've clearly communicated them, after you have told them exactly what is okay and not okay with you, in what circumstances, what do you do? Because here's the deal. When you've been in relationships where there have been no boundaries and you set boundaries, you can almost guarantee those people are going to test your boundaries. They want to see if you're serious. They want to see if it was just something you were saying or if it's actually something you're going to follow through with. This doesn't make these people bad people or evil or, you know, psychopathic or any of those things. 
It's just human nature. When we're used to a certain way of doing things, we kind of try to get things back into that pattern because that's where we're comfortable and we don't have to grow. We don't have to do uncomfortable things to do something different. So you may have family members, particularly family members, or spouses or partners that will try to cross those boundaries to see if you're serious. And when that happens... Please remember, boundaries are there to keep you safe, not to control the other person. Often what we do to try to hold our ground is we argue our boundaries, we try to hit the other person over the head with them, we try to manipulate them, we try to coerce them, we use guilt and shame to try to get them to fall in line and do what we want them to do. But boundaries are just about keeping you safe. And so... Knowing that sometimes people will cross your boundaries even after you've clearly communicated them because it's uncomfortable to change, what you do is you make a plan to keep you safe. So let's say you're going home for Christmas and your mother says, you know, I'm so excited to have you home. And you say, I'm really excited to come home too. Just a heads up, these are some of the things I'm really worried about that I'm uncomfortable with. I really don't want to do anything religious with you guys. If you want to go do religious stuff, that's great. I'm going to make different plans with my family while you guys go do the religious things. Please, by all means, do whatever you want. But we don't want to be included in religious things. And your parents say, okay, that's fine. But when you show up, Your parents have the missionaries come over for Christmas dinner and invite them to give a full lesson. Really kind of pushing that boundary to see it may be conscious or subconscious. I always assume it's subconscious. I always assume it's not intentional simply because it brings me peace and allows me to deal with this in a much more level-headed manner. So let's say that happened. I went home for Christmas. My parents invited missionaries over for Christmas dinner. And before Christmas dinner, they were going to give an entire religious lesson. At that point, because I've already communicated clearly what is okay and what is not okay with me, my plan would be to pack up my stuff, not for the whole trip, but just for dinner, to get my kids in the car. We're going to go someplace and do something different for dinner. We're going to choose a different path. We're going to take ourselves out of the situation to keep ourselves safe and keep ourselves comfortable while my parents and the rest of my siblings do whatever they need to do for Christmas dinner. Will that possibly hurt my parents' feelings? Maybe. Might they be disappointed, embarrassed, or angry? Possibly. But my goal is to keep me safe. My goal is to take myself out of the situation and make sure that I, my spouse, and my kids are safe, that we're not put in an uncomfortable situation where we have to people please and make other people feel comfortable at the expense of ourselves. And I do it without drama. I just say, oh, it's so nice to see you missionaries. You're going to love what my mom cooked for dinner. We will see you guys later. I hope you enjoy the meal and we will just go get in the car. And we will drive away. If your parents are screaming at you, you can say, it looks like you decided to do something religious. And I explained to you that we don't feel safe or comfortable doing religious things this Christmas. 
So we're going to go and do our own thing while you guys do your religious thing here at home. We'll see you later tonight. The whole idea is to protect yourself. It's not about making other people protect you. It's about you saying, okay, this is unsafe for me. So this is what I'm going to do to protect myself. And it's not meant to be malicious or controlling. It's simply, this is what I need to be safe. This is what I'm going to do to keep myself safe. Let's say I get home that night and my mother throws a fit. This has not happened, by the way. This is not a real story. But let's say I go home and my mother throws a fit and she's lashing out verbally and she's telling me I'm a horrible person, that I'm a mean daughter. At this point, I can make another decision to keep myself safe because I've already told her that I am willing to talk about anything and to resolve any conflict but I'm not willing to be verbally abused. If verbal abuse ensues, I don't have to stay there. I can make another plan to keep myself safe. We can pack up our stuff and go to a hotel for a night. What happens is when people cross your boundaries and they see that you're going to keep yourself safe, they have two options. Either one, they can begin to respect your boundaries in order to get what they want to which is to have you there for Christmas dinner and to have you stay at the house in a peaceful manner to be able to have good memories, right? They can either say, okay, she's serious about these boundaries. And in order for us to have her at Christmas dinner, we can't be having religious programs on the sly. We're going to have to have a secular Christmas dinner. Or we're going to have to make preparations to have something religious before and then dinner with them in order to keep everyone safe. So they'll either decide to find a way to meet everyone's needs and keep everybody safe, respect everybody's boundaries, or they'll decide it's not worth the trouble. That's the more painful option. But you still, in that case, get to keep yourself safe. If it's not safe to go home for Christmas, you can choose not to go home for Christmas next time. You can choose to take space. You can choose whatever you need to choose to keep you safe, not to control the other person, but to make sure that your needs are met and the needs of those that are in your care, like your children, are met. The more consistently we do this, the more people have to choose. Either they will respect your boundaries and your trust and your ability to feel safe with one another will grow or they will exit your life and you'll have peace simply because of space. It is a really difficult thing to understand that sometimes people will choose not to respect your boundaries. They do this for their own reasons that usually stem from their own trauma. It helps me when I realize that those who do not respect my boundaries typically aren't doing it because they're bad people. They're doing it because for some reason it is bringing up their own trauma responses And they're just incapable for whatever reason of respecting my boundaries at that time. And for me, what works for me when I have to release relationships for a time, I always view myself as going into another room with the door open. I leave the door open. When people are able to respect my boundaries, they are welcome to come into the room but not until they're able to respect my boundaries. So even if I need to separate myself out from someone for a while, I don't think of it as slamming the door in their face. It's me going into another room where I feel safe 
and the door is open and unlocked. Some There are some relationships in my life where I've closed the door, but it's unlocked. And when they're willing and able to respect my boundaries, they can open the door and walk in. They are always welcome when they're safe people. They are not welcome when they're not willing to help me feel safe. Does that make sense? It just energetically clears me and keeps me from holding resentful ties to recognize, okay, I've communicated my boundaries. I've done what I need to do to protect myself. And when they're able to respect my boundaries, they're welcome back. Whether that's after dinner or whether that's after a year or whether that's after several years, the door is unlocked when you're ready to enter it. But the room I'm in will always be a safe room. And the people in the room will always be safe people. And if they can't be safe, I will leave the room. I will keep me safe. Oh, I hope this was helpful. This has been incredibly helpful for me. It's really helped me find the ability to care for myself, my needs, my children, my husband. It's given me language to be able to communicate what is okay and not okay with me. It's made the relationships that I've kept beautiful, strong, trusting, safe spaces. And as unfortunate as it is, I have lost some relationships, but when I really look at them closely, we didn't have a close relationship in the first place. Those relationships were superficial, if not abusive. Those were relationships where I felt a lot of resentment and I was often not at ease in those relationships. Losing them was painful because obviously I cared about those people. And in some ways it's brought me a lot of peace because we're not constantly in conflict. I am wishing you all the best as you set boundaries. This is one of the most difficult things I've had to learn to do. I've been practicing boundaries now for 10 years um, and I'm still learning. I'm still growing and just understand most of us inherited patterns where boundaries were considered unloving or mean or rude and undoing that thinking will take some time. Just notice when you allow people to walk on your boundaries or where you don't set them because it's uncomfortable. Get curious with yourself and make a plan to try something new. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Pick yourself up and try something different. Learn from your mistakes. This is a lifetime of growth. And our goal here is not to be perfect, not to snap our fingers and say, we're setting boundaries from here on out. We'll be perfect at it. We'll always keep our boundaries. It's simply to allow tomorrow to be better than today and the day after that to be better than the day before. And to continue to grow, to learn from our mistakes, to learn from our emotions, to learn from where things are not working so that we can get the life that we want and deserve. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if this was really helpful for you, please share it with someone else that you feel like it would be helpful for. My goal is to reach as many people as possible with this free content so that we can all have the happy, healthy lives that we deserve so that we can all feel safe in our relationships. I appreciate you being here and I look forward to serving more and more people as this podcast continues. Thank you.
and I'll see you next week.